Hello, and welcome to Cannabis for the Rest of Us. You have questions, I have questions, and we are going to explore this community together. I'm your host, Philip Rebentish, Chief Storyteller of Goddess Story Media. My guest today is Carrie Radistock, the CEO and co-founder of Hippo Premium Packaging, a marketing, branding, and premium packaging company. In the highly regulated world of the cannabis business, Hippo Premium Packaging excels in designing cannabis product packaging that is not only beautiful and sophisticated, it is legally compliant. An award-winning 20-year veteran in the worlds of print and packaging, I sat down with Carrie in her San Diego, California office to talk about the critical role packaging plays in a company's brand and its impact on consumers as well. Ready to unbox this segment? Let's go! I find it fascinating that Hippo Premium Packaging offers services in both branding and marketing and packaging and compliance. Those worlds are very important, but can you tell me how they kind of converged into what is now Hippo Premium Packaging? Absolutely. You know, I came from the uh, print print technology and packaging background. I worked for a Fortune 500 company, and I I, I worked there nearly 20 years. I, I, I gave notice just a few months shy of my 20-year anniversary and started Hippo. So my, my strength and, and what I really bring to the table, my expertise is in packaging and print technology and printing techniques. And when I came into the industry, I looked around and the graphic design was so poorly done and executed. And I'm used to working on award-winning, award-winning projects and working with Fortune 500 companies and doing really beautiful work. And so when I came into the industry, I looked around and I said, I, I knew that I would need to bring creative with me as I was forming the idea for my business. Okay, I right. didn't want to do it without it. I want to produce award-winning work. I want to produce work that helps these brands grow. And I needed, we need great design. There's a lack of really great design in the industry. There's good design and there's a lot of people using their friends or family members to get them through uh, until they can afford that good right. designer, to, to that unquote, great designer. To quote unquote, hire the professional. Exactly. Right? Okay. Exactly. So on the compliance side and the packaging, um, that element of it, what's the hot button topic in the industry right now? Oh. Dear, that is a can of worms, Philip. So <laughs> let me, I'll, I'll start I'm with, so sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's sort of the bane of our existence. Now, um, cannabis packaging is very, very complex. And what makes it even more complex is all the demands on the package itself. It's got to be tamper evident. It's got to be child resistant. It's got to have all the appropriate warnings, a universal symbol, other symbols, <laughs> and all of these, uh, uh, pr pr requirements change by state. So when you're uh, a brand, you know, and we work with brands, uh, many of our brands are California brands, but we have brands in Michigan and in Nevada and in Arizona and Alaska and Canada and, you know, okay. uh, Massachusetts. So all of the regulations change by state and right. we have to be able to advise our clients on it, uh, on, on what is what's acceptable, what's going to, what's going to fly. So um, now that, that, that's just one item, just the changing regulations th uh, across state lines. But then in addition, in California, we are right in the middle of public comment period for the permanent regulations set right. forth by the uh, Bureau of Cannabis Control. 
And we are in public comment period on those. And, and what's kind of happened that's, that's kind of difficult for the industry is uh, back in November of last year, mm-hmm. um, they, they regulated the industry and said, okay, by July 1st, you have to have all packaging in child-resistant packaging. That primary package has to be child-resistant. And this has to be done by July 1st. And this is in November. Well, that's only seven months. And most packaging programs take a year to nine months, you know, at least right, because uh, more you- time because you have to research, you have to uh, design, develop, write, and then produce. And some of these production, you know, sometimes your overseas production, that's 120 days right there. So they didn't allow uh-huh. enough time for people to get compliant, but forced it on them. And then ended up uh, destroying $350 million worth of product because it did not meet that requirement. Now, it's not only the packaging requirement, but also the testing requirement. So it had to meet all of those regulatory uh, requirements, and otherwise it was destroyed. So uh, right after July 1st, um, $350 million worth of product was destroyed in California because it did not meet that criteria. And then 11 days later... The BCC, because everyone said, you're making this so difficult for us by over-regulating and making us do all this packaging, Mm -hmm. they reversed it. So they got the whole industry to move towards child-resistant packaging. And then in the the proposed permanent regulations, they're saying, okay, we will just forget about child-resistant packaging. We'll just do exit packaging. Well, exit packaging is even worse for the industry. Uh, People are not going to keep it in their, their exit packages when they get it home. They're going no. to leave it lying around. A child could get to edibles, and then we're going to have, you know, a bad name that the cannabis industry is is not... Not responsible. Uh, not responsible. And so, so now these are the proposed regulations, and after they've made the industry go to all that trouble to get there, then to switch it back when we know they'll switch it back again when that fails. So what they're doing is is really leaving the industry in a bad position because nobody can make a decision on what the right way to go is. Right, uh, because right. Because uh, child-resistant packaging is more expensive, um, but it, it's, it's also, in most cases, the right thing to do. So most of the major brands are not even taking into consideration this, and they're ignoring it, and they're saying, we're gonna be responsible as a brand, we're going mm-hmm, to go mm-hmm. ahead and make sure our edibles, at the very least, are in child-resistant packaging, and we're we're packaging our products responsibly and uh, in a, in a safe. Where we're really looking after consumer safety first. So, do you think, as an industry, I mean, in addition to your clients, as an, do you think that's going to be a common approach within the industry? Because at the end of the day, that is, at least it sounds to me, like that's the right decision. It, it does sound like the right decision, and every other state and Canada has that child-resistant packaging requirement if they're regulated. There are a couple okay. of states that haven't regulated yet, like right. Arizona and Nevada. Right, and Oklahoma, but, yeah, I know, yeah, they're is brand still coming new, up. So, yep. so there's a, a lot of states that are still in the, in the regulatory process, but, but they're all child-resistant packaging. Okay. Now, Colorado had child-resistant packaging and then flopped to no child resistant packaging and then flopped back. So I mean <laughs> Sounds familiar. Yeah, and we just don't want to be in that same boat because right. there's it, it wastes too much time and money and our industry has been hit hard already by the regulations and 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 right. it's, it's expensive. So We'd like good direction. And so now is the time. If you haven't gone out to uh, and made your public comment, uh, do write. Um, have your voice heard. There's a lot of important initiatives 
that are that are on uh, that are being uh, talked about right now. So mm-hmm. please uh, get involved. And we'll put that and we'll put a link to where people can go and make public comments. Great. Um, I was at a. Uh, uh, cannabis law seminar last night and one law firm is saying hey go to our site you can sign on directly to our comment sheet and then that will be included in our comments from this particular law firm so uh, we will have a couple of different options in the show notes for people to do that because it's um, it's important and it's a 30-day deadline right so we're recording it was a in 45 august 45 day okay. but we're about 20 days into okay. it so we have all right we have till the end of august okay that's what my clock was saying so yeah okay. all right great um so on the flip side, you know, we've talked about why it's important um, for the industry to care about packaging, but why should the consumer really care? I mean, you know, when I get an Amazon box and I'm done with it, you know, all I care about is that it's a nice plaything for my cat. <laughs> right, right? right. So why is it important to consumers to have good packaging? Well, okay, we are introducing a, a product that's kind of scary to some people that has been seen as a drug. Um, mainstream is now coming into this industry and they are used to seeing their products professionally packaged, professionally designed. Um, that's, that's what gives them the trust. So for cannabis, um, companies to, uh, most cannabis companies who are smart, put their packaging at the very top, um, priority because packaging instills that immediate trust. Um, it's, it says that your packaging is responsible for about 30% of the trust that you feel in that brand wow. right there. And it's very, very important, especially if you're weighing one over another. There's, uh, there's other um, studies out there, mostly from mainstream, when, when a consumer can walk up to an aisle and pick packaging off the shelf, mm-hmm. that the packaging really drives about 70% of that buying decision. So packaging is extremely important in representing the brand. Um, and, and, and the other thing is packaging is the only physical manifestation of the brand rather than the, the product itself, unless you've got merchandise and hats and things like that. Right. But this is the way that your consumer must engage with your brand in order to get your product. So it should delight them. It should make them feel safe. It should educate them. It should, it, it, it should protect the product right. and be compliant. So my first real experience of enjoying a quote-unquote unboxing was for Apple products. How hard do you have to work for your clients to convince them that you have to have good packaging and great design? Well, you know, that, that's a funny thing because we don't have to work that hard. Most of the, this, uh, this industry understands it already. I would say I had to work harder in mainstream. Uh, because they're so cost conscious and brand and they, they, they're not as in touch with their consumer as this industry because it's smaller businesses. You're closer to your consumer. You hear them. You can understand what they want and need a little more. I, I would say that people come to us and say, we want our packaging to be knocked out of the ballpark. We spare no expense, blah, blah, blah. Then when you get down to it, there's budget issues and things like that. But they come out the gate knowing that they need to stand out retail so do you think is that outside of your your clients do you think as an industry that a lot of brands are missing a branding opportunity through their packaging yeah I do there there are uh, there are some that are established that maybe that didn't 
pay as uh, much of attention as maybe other brands. Um, they might go through a refresh, add add some treatments mm-hmm, just to mm-hmm. try to compete alongside. Right. You know, up, you've got their game, so yep, to speak. Right. Okay. I mean, it, you, your brands got to know who your p- competitors are and look at what they're doing and look at their packaging and make sure you're authentic, you're yourself, but you're also a- able to stand next to them or you know exceed uh, what, what what they're doing with their packaging. Okay. So, yeah. So. I've been to your website, and I, I think the designs that you do for packaging are just beautiful, and we'll, we'll put your website um, address in the show notes uh, so people can go look and see what we're talking about here. Um, and you touched on this earlier, but how do regulations affect your design of packaging? Because you've got, it seems to me you've got two hands here. You've got, you've got to be re- uh, regulatory compliant on the one hand, but you still want to do a beautiful, elegant design. So how do those two worlds come oh, together? <laughs> this was this is kind of the sad part of my job because I, I get to sit down with clients and they're so excited. They're excited about their brand. They're they've got these great ideas of how they want their packaging to look and what what that's going to be like and what that customer experience is going to be like. And I, I sit there and I look at them and then they they say, okay, I want this, this, and this, and I want to be on shelf in thirty days. And I'm like, oh. I am going to disappoint you on so many levels right now, so please <laughs> right. be prepared. Right and, right, and the first thing is most of what they're asking for is not compliant. I'm like, okay, so what you're asking for is not child resistant, so it will not work, but let's look at a workaround. Let's see what we can do to actually give you most of what you want and still make you compliant. Okay. So, All right. so we are limited um, by by our choices. Right now, the laws in California and most other places require child resistant packaging. Right. If if that does go away, we're, we're feeling that there'll be pushback during this public comment period, and they'll probably be restoring some child resistant requirement on some packages. Maybe by the end of the day, at least we hope so as an industry. Right. Um, but uh, but if they don't, then uh, you know when when we heard that. We were kind of 50-50. We're like, wow, yay, we can do whatever we want. We can be as creative as we want. We can. We, we, we don't have anything holding us back. Right. How wonderful is this? And then we think... Freedom. We're free. And then, then on the other hand, we're like, yeah, but is it the right <laughs> thing to do? I mean, it's easy. Right. It's the easy thing to do. But is it the right thing to do? Um, so on the non-packaging side of things, I know that... that your company is also involved with marketing and branding. I mean, you, you mentioned that in the beginning. So tell me a little bit about that. How is there a typical approach that you have to clients that come to you? And do you have a wide variety of clients and, and products uh, in their product lines? But is there a, you know, a typical quote unquote process yeah. or approach of how you work with your clients? Yes, I, I think there is. And we're probably quite like other agencies in brand development. Marketing is a different animal. So I'll start with brand development. Um, uh, when 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 we are developing a brand, we we have to we, we sit down with the founders or the executive team or whoever the stakeholders are, mm-hmm. and we do what we call a discovery uh, session, and we have a questionnaire. It's on our website, and if you are thinking about your brand, thinking about who you are and where you should be, it's a really good uh, uh, a check in. And uh, but just download it. It's under resources hippopackaging.com. You can uh, you can find that questionnaire. It's about thirty five questions, and it goes through the gamut. It goes through you know why did you start this industry? Where do you see yourself in five years? Because when we're developing a brand, if they are if we're developing it to sell to big pharma, it might look quite different than if we're developing it for three generations of a family business. 
Sure, sure. You know, we're going to develop it to look differently and to be different. Um, that, that's a, so thinking of your long-term strategy when developing your brand is very, very important. Are we, are, are we going straight into the dispensary mode? Are we a CBD line? We're going that, that um, natural food store. Uh, right, right. You know, sure, what, what's sure. our strategy? Where are we going with the brand? And then critically important is who is your consumer? We have so many new brands entering, and there are a lot of choices to make. And brands are developed to appeal to a certain demographic. And you have to decide, you know, because cannabis users can range from 21 to 95, you know. (laughs) And and so that's a big gamut. And, And if you go in and say, I am going to appeal to everyone... You're going to have a generic brand, right? You're sure. going to—it's going to be kind of generic, and you know, maybe if, if, if that's okay, if you get enough people, if you got enough advertising budget, it, it, it could be the low-cost brand, you know, that right. kind of thing. Right. But if you really want to be a luxury brand or a, a, a brand that's going to stand out, you've really got to identify that target demographic and build your color palette. Your logo, your brand messaging, your, your voice, your voice, your brand voice to resonate with that consumer. So, speaking of branding, um, the burning question of this interview is: How did you come up with the name Hippo Packaging, and why is there a hippo logo? <laughs> oh, that is so. <laughs> I get this one a lot, and I usually ditch this. I, I dart around trying to trying to uh, n- uh, not talk about it. But when I was started Hippo, I started Hippo about two and a half years ago, coming up on three years. It was fall of 2015. And I had, I, I'd had the idea for several months. I started looking into the industry and I thought, you know, I think we need to go to Vegas, go to the MJ BizCon. I'd pulled people from mainstream that I felt could be good uh, a good uh, founding team for me. Now, is that a big show for people that don't know? Is that like... Yeah, MJ BizCon mm-hmm. is the biggest uh, cannabis industry show. Um, and back in 2015, there were 5,500 uh, people attend. And, you know, a gazillion. It was a real international suit. It wasn't what I was expecting at all wow. for, for uh, my first big cannabis show. So basically, I, we came up with the idea for this, This um, you know, we came up with our brand because we needed business cards. We wanted to go out there okay, and see, right. okay, we're like, we need to go out there and see, is there room for someone like us? Because we had the idea and the concept for Hippo, but we didn't want to quit our day jobs, if, you know, <laughs> if, if, some, if there was a big player already dominating the space right, or, right. you know, we're we got so we said let's just go and check it out and and we went to um, MJ BizCon and and found you know that it was very very uh, great that, that our services were needed very much so just uh, for MJ BizCon the next year we went there were eleven thousand people attending last year the third year it was almost eighteen thousand people attending wow. so it's growing leaps and bounds yeah that's a hockey stick yep so to get back to the question hippo. Um, we were sitting there, and uh, we're, we're, it's, it was really, we had to come up with a name that night. And my boyfriend and I are sitting right here in this room, mm-hmm. going back and forth, going, okay, what, 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 what are we going <laughs> right. to, what are we, what are we going to call it? We kept throwing out names and throwing out names, and I'm like, eh, eh, eh. And initially, we were going to have two different companies. We were going to have a, uh, an online tool that had some basic things that people could customize that would be for the startup. And then we are going to create the agency. So once they 
got some, you know, got footholds, started being successful. Got it. Got it. They could then transfer the agency and get real you know the real professional help right. and and more help and and more customization and so all have, of that you have growth there well right? yeah we're helping we, them we're, the we'll help them and, and get them kind of up started and then and then take them to that next level so that's the the concept behind it but building that tool uh, proved to be uh more difficult but at any rate we we were looking for two names not just one okay, we were right, <laughs> we right. were looking for two names and so um, we, we, we went and said, okay, so let's, let's think about this. We're, we're premium packaging. We wanted to make sure that we were, we really came out that we do premium mm-hmm, packaging. Mm-hmm. It's in our name. That's what we do. And so we, uh, we, we, we said, okay, I've got it. Let's, uh, let's, um, Google the Latin word for premium. And, and we're like, what's the Latin word for premium? Let's, let's go that angle. And so then it came up, uh, uh, something came back and it said, I'm like, what's the Latin word for, uh, for hippo? And it came back, or what's the Latin word for premium? And Mm -hmm. it came back word hippo. And I'm like, that's weird. So I went and did it again and again. I'm like, word hip. I'm like, that's really weird, but I kind of like hippo. I think we could have a lot of fun with this brand and this will be our online tool. And then, then, then we had to name the agency and I'm like, okay, what's the Latin word for luxury? Because it's luxurious to have an agency, people that are actually helping you and Mm -hmm. helping you manage this process and guiding you through it. And so the Latin word for luxury was luxuria. So that was going to be the name of the agency and and Hippo is the name of the online tool. And Hippo just stuck. We, We fell in love with it. And as we were starting to design, we could have pivoted. Um, but uh, we, we, it was just a week later or whatever, a few, a few days later, they're like, um, it's not really the word. Um, it's, it's, this is a, a Latin translation site called Word Hippo. And so, that, <laughs> so it, we came to us quite by mistake and we fell in love with it. We fell in love with our hippo. Now, everywhere we go, you're, people look at us and like, you're the hippo. And I'm like, yeah, we are. Right. And they remember the hippo. And, and even though it was my, quite by mistake, a lot of brands take a, a, a funny journey to get to where they are. And it, it might seem like mistakes, but... That's a great story. That is Carrie, a great that, that, I, I love that because it's, it's, I actually really like your logo and I, it just works because... We loved it. We yeah. loved it. And we were going through so many hippo logos because during that, that exploration, we were just like, oh my God, we love it. We love it. And then we, we really landed on the one that was powerful male hippo. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and we had playful hippos and all of this. And we're like, nah, too light. And we, we really love our brand and, and it... People come up and say, wow, we love it. And people really, you know, resonate with it. Well, it stands out. Yeah. Right. And it's memorable. And it's easy to remember us. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So circling back to trade shows, um, do you recommend that that clients should be going to trade shows? And is that something that you can help them with, with trade show design? Or what's your feeling about... um, clients going back in or going to trade shows? Well, now it depends on where you are in the evolution of your business. Um, anytime you have a chance to engage with your customers and if you have budget, do it, you know, because uh, the most important thing you can do is have a, a really close relationship with your customers and have feedback and have them touch and feel, meet the founders, right, hear the right. brand story, have them connect on a deeper level. So yeah, our cannabis community, they go out to cups a lot. And, and okay. so, yes. and, the, and then they compete in, in these cups, they're able to compete with their products and then hopefully win. And this gives right. them 
great uh, accolades and things media. to put on their website, media, yeah. all of that, and you know, just the the adulation of their fans. So it's, uh, you know, I, I think cups are, are a great way to get next to that consumer. Now, if you go to one of these business trade shows, mm-hmm. like MJ BizCon or the National Cannabis Industry Association is NCIA, and they mm-hmm. just had their annual um, show in San Jose, these types of trade shows are ideal for brands who are looking for strategic partners, maybe even investors. Okay. It's a different purpose depending on the type of show. Okay. So your 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 um you you might have a different focus at the shows. So as a business, you really have to decide what is the purpose of of attending that show and what you're gonna get out of it. So in yeah. other words, just don't do it for the sake of it, but yeah. have a strategy in mind. Have a strategy and, and no, I mean if you if you do a cup, you're not even if you can sell, you know, there's a lot of these cups where you can sell product, you it's still going to cost you quite a bit of money. You usually don't sell enough product to actually pay for the show. Cover it. So you've got to look at it as advertising, exposure, time with your customers, and take it as that. So we're recording this podcast in August of 2018. I want you to look into your crystal packaging, pun intended, <laughs> and tell me where do you think California will be in two years in, in connection to the how the regulations are going to shake out in the industry as a whole? Well, I think within two years, I think California will settle down. We're, right now, we're in public comment period. We will be in uh, the next 90 days. Mm-hmm. I expect another set of shifts next year, probably, because they're going to find things that didn't work, and we're going to probably have another shift in regulations. And probably within two years, I think we will probably have a pretty good regulatory frameworks in place that mm-hmm. the rest of the country will probably want to look at and adopt. Right, because wasn't that one of the great hopes of, of having you know uh, adult rec- recreational use in addition, in addition to medicinal cannabis here in California because it's such a huge market that it would set the tone for the rest of the industry and perhaps even leading guidelines for if and when a, uh, federal regulations go exactly. away. Exactly. Well, a lot of people are looking to California because we uh, they're they have the resources and a lot of these other states don't have the resources to regulate so they're right, going to right. borrow from states that have it together and so california hopefully will be that state although the current state of the proposed regulations don't yeah. don't really aren't, aren't showing us that but <laughs> i'm so thinking much right we can now. swing back into uh, some responsible uh, regulations that don't overtax our industry you know we don't we don't want to overtax with Exit bags plus CR packaging, and and CR packaging doesn't have to be on every single cannabis product, and that's what it's saying that it should be now. But it should be on products that could make people sick and make kids sick, right. and and just right. the bottom line. Okay, um, where can people find you online? They can find us at hippopackaging.com. Excellent. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for taking time today. Uh, I really wanted to interview you because you again you represent two sides or two worlds within the industry, the branding and the marketing and the packaging and compliance. And people need to understand how important that is um, from a business point of view. And consumers need to know how, how important it is. So thank you so much for taking time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Philip. Thank you for listening to Cannabis for the Rest of Us. Please subscribe and help us grow. Check our show notes for more information about this podcast and Got a Story Media. You can find us at gotastory.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-S-T-O. 
O-R-Y.com. Thank you for listening.